Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Bishop of the Bird, Nick, and with me, as always, it's Gator. And on the line, we have a special guest. We have Sean Williams. He's the brand ambassador for Cohiba. How are you, Sean? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing good. We want to thank you for coming on because we are uh, smoking another selection from the May My Monthly Cigars box. Today, we're going to be smoking the Cohiba Red Dot. We're smoking the 5x49 Robusto, which features a uh, Cameroon wrapper, Indonesian binder, and Dominican filler. Good deal. Let me get mine out of the cellophane. Oh, Lord. Sorry, Sean. It it takes me a while. Man, these things are... You pack them in there. You have to be be light and fast, man, like Gator. (laughs) Uh, He he does this shit on purpose, man. He'll he'll, he'll purposely drag out the cellophane just to annoy me on the microphone there. Whatever works. Anyway. Whatever it takes, man. So uh, we're going to go ahead and cut our cigar. And the cut is brought to you by Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. Our man Dan over there has been doing great work throughout the whole COVID shutdown. And um, as of now, the St. Louis County has released or relaxed, I should say, their their COVID restrictions. So um, he can he can kind of branch out a little bit. I think he's playing it safe at first. I don't know if he's bringing anybody into the lounge, but he is setting some chairs up outside so you can sit out. He's got a nice covered area out front of his store. Absolutely. So you can sit outside and smoke and enjoy it. But Dan has something for everybody from $3 to $100. Um, the budget bundles have been really big for him all throughout the uh, the, the COVID you know, stay at home orders and everything. So, um, it's one of those things we want to encourage people to continue to, uh, reach out to Dan at Riverman Cigar Company for your cigars. And if you're somebody who lives in an area where your brick and mortar is still shut down, or maybe you live in an area where you don't have a brick and mortar, but you, um, want to support a brick and mortar, then give Dan over at Riverman Cigar Company a try. He's got a large variety of things, and he's more than happy to get a mail order shipment out to you either same day or next day morning. Yep, he will take good care of you. Dan is a great guy. Yep, so with that, it is time that we go ahead and cut the cigar. That was impressive. I've got a nice, this is my new uh, Calibri SV cutter here. Okay. This thing's fancy. I got the V cut on the one side, the straight cut on the other side. I'm using my perfect cut from Riverman Cigar Company. There you go. There you go. Now, Sean, are you smoking along with us here? I absolutely am. All right. So, so Sean, as we're prepping to cut here, I want to ask what does a brand ambassador do well uh in all honesty i i I hate the term brand ambassador okay uh, but 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 there's never been a me for cohiba and and they didn't know what to call me but i'm 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 a cigar maker um you know cigar blender i've been in the business for ten and a half years uh launched my own line back in 2006 which which I, uh, uh, I I operated and grew uh, for 10, 11 years until General Cigar, the, you know, people that own Cohiba. Yeah. Came along and asked what I'd like to be the guy that, that sort of, um, you know, heads the brand up uh, going into the future. So I've been uh, on board with uh, Cohiba and General Cigars for three years now. So uh, um, most of what I do, uh, that, that's visible at least, is, um, you know, market activations. Uh, you know, obviously I'm the guy that shows up and does the events and, uh, shakes the hands and works with the with the uh, uh, the brand partners and uh, spends time um, you know doing events with consumers and uh, I'm on the posters and that's just the, most of the stuff that the the, the the public sees so to speak but um, the part that they don't see is is the first you know piece of the year that I spend in the factory working on blends and buttoning up packaging and. You know, like you know, just for you know, I got on the phone with you. I was reviewing packaging for the the, the new Spectre that's going to come out later in the year. I had a, a call early with the senior brand manager uh, around you know product innovations and packaging and stuff. So there's a lot of nuts and bolts stuff that goes on um, that you know you know the sausage making that most people don't see, uh, which is stuff I love. I mean, I, you know, I I, I, I could be in the factory indefinitely and, and would not get tired of it. I love being out of the factory working on blends and. Uh, smoking new uh you know new uh tobaccos and stuff like that so 
Um, I don't get to do nearly as, uh, uh, enough of that. Um, but that, that's a, that's a big part of what I do because if that isn't done right, then the other stuff doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. And let me tell you, there's a lot out of that answer that I want to unpack here in a minute, but first, it's time Jeff, to light. I was going to say, we're going to go ahead. What are you getting on your cold draw there with the cigar? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's almost sweet. Yeah, right. it's a, it's a, it's a very, uh, very subtle creaminess. It's a classic smoke, man. It's not, um. It's not going to be, um, you know, over the top in any one category. Well, you know what? You guys smoke it. Let me not. uh, No, no, no. And that that creamy sweetness I'm getting. But Nick Nick was about to light up, Sean. But he's got to do. Okay. I have patented (laughs) the Gator (laughs) Cold Retro. And yeah, we do. We do not only a cold draw. We do a cold retro hail. It's a thing. Mm. So Nick. I'm sure. Basically, it's just a very elaborate cold draw, but okay, fine. Jan, go ahead. Okay. Jack, do your thing. Again, it's that, it's almost like a floral, like sweet. Not floral. I'm getting, it's like a sweetness, maybe a little hint of cocoa or something like that. I'm not getting the cocoa. Yeah. I'm getting more of a floral. It's a sweetness. <laughs> All right. Now I'm going mm. to. Okay. Gonna now, now we can light up. Now we're lighting up. Sean, so. thanks for indulging us. Yeah. No, hey, you know what? Nick hates that part because it actually works, and he's really mad personal about it. Thing. Personal thing, yeah. Now this was the uh, this was the really high point for the uh, May my monthly cigars box here. Man, somebody has some serious birds going on, huh? That's awesome. Yeah, like I said, we're sitting outside on the deck, and nice. it's here in beautiful Southern Illinois. It's a nice day today. I mean, it's a little cloudy, yeah. but it's. I usually have that here, but today we had some heavy rain last night, which it hasn't rained today during the day, but the the rain last night has still kind of damp out, so we don't have the birds. But usually, I have the the birds chirping pretty good out here. Now, where are you based out of, Sean? I live in Atlanta. Oh, okay, all Ooh. right, man. A lot of great cigar places in Atlanta. Oh yeah. Ton of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's uh, let's go back a little bit over over what we talked about. Now, you uh, you said that you've been in the business for a long time. Tell me about how you got into cigars as a smoker, but then in turn, how you then got into the industry. Because I'm I'm fascinated with you growing your own brand and everything. Kind of before we get into the Cohiba side of things. Yeah, so I had my uh, my first cigar on a uh, on New Year's cruise back uh, New Year's two thousand five, more or less, and uh, it was just instantly taken with it. I was with uh, some buddies of mine. We'd all been friends since the ninth grade, and we took uh, the girlfriends, wives, whatnot on uh, on the cruise just to, you know for all of us to catch up. And that's when I had my first cigar experience. Was just instantly taken with it, and. Uh, once I got back to Atlanta off the cruise uh, is when I started, like, you know, as just a consumer buying cigars, just, you know, um, you know, just really heavy, you know, you know, just trying different stuff and, um, you know, really getting into it. And uh, and I wanted to get around more cigar smokers and the shop that I bought my cigars from had a great selection, but there wasn't much of a, of a cigar community that necessarily hung out there. So I didn't know a lot of cigar people. At least I didn't think I did. Um, so I started a, a group called the Atlanta Cigar Society, which, you know, was kind of like a business networking group centered around cigars. So I would kind of uh, have a way to, 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 to network with other business business people um, and uh, and also, obviously, you know, uh, people who are interested in cigars. And, and hopefully, you know, those, those two sort of interests would, would, would mesh. And that's how, I, you know, I, I, I kind of got started, um, you know, poker nights at different places or wine tastings or whatever, just sort of cigar centered events and um over time my events grew a little bit in popularity and i got the idea that it may be kind of cool to have um, a private you know blend or private label just to kind of you know push to the people that came to my events yeah and uh, that led me to uh to uh getting on a plane in in january 2006 to go to nicaragua first factory i worked with was uh, uh the placentia family nesta placentia senior junior uh, to work on my first blends and um, 
it's probably uh i guess late spring early summer when uh you know the blends i worked on actually finally came in and it aged and were banded and so forth and uh that's when i started getting product on the shelves here locally and um you know things just kind of took off and i was in real estate primarily in a mortgage company uh build a couple of you know two or three spec homes a year uh so that's what i did primarily and the cigars were a passion but it was really just a hobby uh up until 2008 when you know uh, i got knocked on my ass like most oh, people oh yeah i was gonna say that was a bad year yeah. to be in real estate yeah yeah so that kind of uh you know you know went through you know i can that's a that's a longer story but just you know the the, the financial hazards that everybody sort of incurred at that time uh you know i i, I was you know in the same boat and uh but you know i also had cigars on the shelves with you know a couple dozen or so retailers by that time and uh and uh, that's when i figured hey you know if, if there's ever a time to, to to really try something new this is it uh, or at least get serious about something new um so i've been full-time in cigars since uh, since pretty much 2009 well and it sounds like the adversity there brought opportunity to you so that's awesome yeah, I don't know if it brought opportunity. It just, it, it, it just, because uh, I mean, the cigar business, man, especially then, uh, and it's not like I was uh, well capitalized at that time. Uh, so it was really, um, you know, bare bones, man. Uh, guerrilla warfare starting from, uh, you know, from uh, from almost nothing. I mean, I, I had some accounts, and uh, and I think by that time, I um, my cigars had been rated, so I, I, I knew that. Um, and that had a decent palate, at least according to you know what, what the industry said, right? Um, so <laughs> that gave me a little bit of confidence that 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 you know I, I had gotten ratings and reviews in some national publications, you know, and that made some connections in the business, um, you know, at, at that point at the retail level and and at, at the industry level. I, I'd already my first show I went to was uh, was 2007 in Houston, and that you know that got me a, a, a few key accounts, different parts of the country. And uh, and also, you know, got me more connections within the industry, which is, which is really important, uh, especially being a small, you know, boutique brand at the time. So, uh, yeah, so I had some things in place that, that that gave me some confidence. But even with that being said, man, in, in the best in the best of scenarios, this is this is about as tough a business as you're gonna you're gonna be in. You know what I mean? What Definitely. what was the hardest struggle that you had breaking in? Was it was it just getting space in the cigar shops? Was it being able to make contact with the owners, what 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 was the biggest challenge you had to face? Well, I mean, this this is a, a cottage industry, right? I mean, this is you know these are the smallest of small businesses, so it's not you know typically not a lot of layers to get to the owner or the decision maker. So that 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 wasn't necessary as long as you get out there. I mean, you got to you got to get out there, mm-hmm. and, at, and at the time you physically had to get out there. There was no uh, Instagram or. Uh, or 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 uh, Facebook or 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 Twitter or um, you know you didn't have the blogger community wasn't what it is now it's just it, there there was there, there was no real medium to build a brand aside from actually starting your car burning gas walking into a shop shaking hands handing out samples of building relationships and luckily I had done that to 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 a good degree at that point um, you know so that wasn't hard so if you're willing to get out there and get and, 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 and get busy and do the work. You would make you would make contact with the people that can buy your cigar, and, and in a lot of instances, they would give it a shot. Uh, the big thing for me was 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 you know um, you know figuring out you know how to use up my bandwidth, like where to where to direct the resources, right? I mean, do I try to play in every market? Um, you know, do uh, do I try to work with sales brokers or sales reps, or do I do it myself? Um, you know, how big does my portfolio need to be? You know, I'm over leveraged. It's, it's just a lot. Of, it's, it, there's a million ways to lose money in this business, man. And I figured out every last one of them. So um, it sounds like us in journalism. Right there with you. Like, like, I can't think of one thing. I can't I can't think of one thing, man. It's it's um, um it's it's just a lot of moving parts, you know, and you, you're fighting a bunch of battles on a bunch of different fronts and you just have to. You know, the big thing is, I, I, I guess, not saying um, it, there's no silver bullet, but the big thing, at least for me, and it's probably true for every brand, is kind of just really figuring out, okay, what am I as a brand? What do I want to be? What do I want to be known for? Um, you know, and, and if that's the and, 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 and if I decide on this identity, you know, am I going to have the fortitude to stick with it and not just chase, you know, whatever trends or whatever? Um, you know, hype is out there. Uh, so for me, 
that was sort of the thing, just kind of figuring out what I wanted to be as a brand. And, 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 uh, and I don't know that I, I kind of was thinking it in, in those stark terms early on, but it's just kind of the way I was built. And, and, and that's what I did. And, and it served me well. I mean, certain things I never did. I mean, I never put out any 80 ring gauge cigars or I never made a nub. And I remember when all those things were really popular and it was pretty simple for me. If I didn't smoke it and really enjoyed it, then I didn't make it, you know, and, yeah. and I think that helped when I talked to consumers, when I talked to retailers and also it helped me keep my, uh, my portfolio pretty uh, succinct, which, which helps, you know, when you walk into a retailer and say, hey, you know, I got this great cigar. I want you to try. He says, oh, I want to take it in. And, you know, and if you have eight different sizes of the cigar, it's really tough, you know, because you spent money to make all these different Vitolas. Uh, so you have money invested. Uh, but that's not the retailer's problem that he wants to, you know, offset your investment by taking everything you have in. Well, yeah, you know, he's, so me, he's kinda, only got so much shelf space available, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, so I kept it pretty tight as far as what I offered uh, and the variations I offered it and, 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 and stuck with, with, with what I really liked. Um, and, uh, and, that, and that's probably if there's any one thing I could, I could think I did right is, is that I just kind of stayed true to what I was, you know? Yeah, definitely. And and speaking of smoking and enjoying, what are you getting on your stick there, Nick? Um, the Cohiba Red Dot. I'm t- I'm getting a. It's very creamy. Yes. And um, at least to start off with here, it's got a little nutty component to it. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. getting that as well. Have, have you done a retro? I have not done a retro hail yet. We can okay. do that real quick. Oh. So do you guys know why? Like like you you you're naming off these notes. Not. I guess that was kind of a. a, a crappy way to you know, do you know why not oh no no no, 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 no we no. have no idea like, what like, we're like, doing like, <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't know we're just kind of we have never professed we've never professed to be experts so no tell us tell us why we're getting what we're getting this is this would be really interesting so so the secret sauce to that cigar is is the cameroon wrapper and that may sound like okay big deal it's the cameroon well it's a very big deal for that particular cigar because that's one of very few cigars, and I'm not exaggerating when I can say you can count on one hand the number of cigars that are commercially available on the marketplace that have an authentic Cameroon wrapper actually grown in the Congo Republic of Africa. Um, when I first got into business in the mid 2000s, uh, Cameroon wrappers were the wrapper. It was it was it was the 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 the, the creme de la creme, um, you know, one of the most exclusive wrappers on the planet. Uh, but it was still pretty. It was somewhat available if you if you were able to pay for it, but then it got to a point where whether you were able to pay for it or not, it just wasn't available. Okay, um, you know because of, because of that reason of the world, the uh, the geopolitical climate, uh, uh, safety concerns, warlord fighting, like you name it, it was it was happening there, and it got to a point where they're like, you know what, we can't, we just can't, we can't bring the resources to bear to to safely and effectively grow. And harvest wrapper out of uh, out of that region of the world. Um, so General Cigar predates me. Obviously, I wasn't on board. Um, you know, they project out, and and, and and regardless of what you see, as far as you know, we got the new Cueva Royale, we got the Cueva Connecticut, we got still the lion's share of what we sell is that cigar that you're smoking. Maybe not that size, but that blend is the lion's share of what we sell as far as the red dot portfolio. Okay. So the company was like, well, obviously we need to have this wrapper. And looking out, there was only a couple of three years in supply left. And you got to plan something like this out five years. So um, General Cigar uh, literally brought the resources to bear, a, a pretty substantial financial commitment to make sure that, that the Nuts and bolts were in place to safely grow that wrapper and get it. Now, what that means is that it's a very different landscape than what it used to be. I mean, literally now, I'm not exactly going to tell you, there are thousands of family farms throughout the Congo Republic of Africa that grow that wrapper. Literally thousands. Wow. And they're small. I'm talking about you may you may have one 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 farm that has uh, their, their, their tract of land is 30 by 50 feet. You know, I mean, really, I mean, none of them, you're not talking, none of them have acreage. None yeah. have acreage. Yeah. We're talking backyard. Uh, organic, um, in the most primitive way that this stuff is grown. And even with that, you get very low yield as far as what you can use for wrapper. Um, and, and you have uh, just all kinds of things in place as it relates to what has to be done to get that wrapper out of there. And, um, and again, we, we were the company that, that really paid the money to get that done. Uh, 
And um, so consequently, the wrapper became available. Uh, but also, as a result of that, we're one of the few companies that actually have access to that actual wrapper. So I'm saying all that to say, there's a very distinct profile that, that authentic Cameroon wrapper brings to bear. And it's that sort of floral uh, uh, room note um, uh, the creamy sort of nutty complexity is very, very distinct. Um, and as a result of the, the, the dearth or the lack of availability uh, that, that, that they had years ago, people started trying to grow that wrap. Not trying, they, they do. They grow, they grow the Cameroon variety. They grow it in Ecuador and they grow it in Nicaragua, which is, you know, um, it's a good attempt and it's solid stuff, but it's not that authentic, actual Cameroon wrapper that you're going to get on our cigars and, 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 and a couple others out there. Yeah. Uh, it's very interesting. So, yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, going to what you're saying, a, in terms of this, but B going back a little bit to when you're talking about building a brand and everything, if, if there's one brand that is just synonymous with cigars, it's Cohiba. You know, when people think about premium cigars, you know, there's very few brand names that even non-smokers will will just immediately think of, and Cohiba's like probably got to be at the top of that list. And so, you know, for you being the 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 face, the guy behind that brand for for general, I mean, that that's a big responsibility. Yeah, it is, man. I spend every day trying not to screw it up. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you. You've been doing some stuff with Cohiba, though, correct? Because, like, correct me if I'm wrong. I was doing a little bit of reading, and I want to talk about the Spectre because that is that that's one of your projects that you've been doing that you've done with them since you've come on, correct? Yeah, that was uh, that was the second project I put my hands to. The first was uh, Silencia, which is my signature blend with Cohiba. It's, it's a cigar we never sell; it's only available at events or, or you know special release stuff. Um, so that was the silence of the first cigar I put my hands to, and Inspector was was the second, correct? Okay. So how tell? Can you get into the story of the Spectre? I, I really liked yeah. the the brief little version that I read, but I want to get into that a little bit because it sounded like it was pretty cool the way that all kind of came about. Yeah. So so um, the first um, you know conference room uh, onboarding meeting I had once I signed my contract and you know. It, I actually went to Richmond to, to go to home office and meet with the team and so forth. And, you know, a couple of days there and the whole thing is kind of this, this sort of vision board for Cohiba, like, 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 you know, past, present, future, you know, what we want the brand to be and so forth. And, and, uh, you know, the, the luxury team had been working on kind of what they want the brand to look like. And some, and, 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 and in that there was sort of some, some, some ancillary items around that as far as uh, what the swag needed to, to, to be and, uh, where we're going to go as far as packaging and what kind of product releases and so forth. And one of them was internally they had a, a project that outside of the, the 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 luxury brand team and the VP of marketing, nobody else in the company really even knew about this, but it was called the Ghost Project or Ghost Cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wanted to be something, the most exclusive cigar that that that, that certainly Cohiba's ever put out, but that General Cigar as a company has ever put out. Uh, super limited, super rare. You know, and, and and just almost hard to get so much that it would almost be like a ghost cigar, and that's and that's so that's kind of what they what they actually termed the project internally. Yeah. Uh, now, with that being said, there was no there was no meat on the bones. It was just like just really sort of you know thirty thousand foot you know idea. So I thought it was cool, along with everything else that we kind of went through. Um, and then fast forward a few weeks later, when I finally get to go down to the factory in the DR, you know, get to spend some time with the guys down there, amazing, amazing cigar makers. You know, down in the DR at the factory there, and also spent some time with uh, our uh, head tobacco guy who runs all of the uh, raw materials and aging facilities for the tobacco. Uh, he and I, are, you know, bouncing around to a couple of different facilities, and we had this one in Lise, Dominican Republic. We since closed that facility down, but it was a place where we they uh, house uh, aged and and and, and processed tobacco. So we're there, and um, just kind of walking around. I'm looking at how they do things, uh, and it's kind of cool. Every factory has these little things that they do, just just a little bit different from other factories, right? It's just you know, always enjoying that process. Um, but in walking around, I see this bale of tobacco, and it's and, it, and it's and it's 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 kind of off to itself. Um, and I in, in, in looking at, it, I could tell it was it was an older bale. It, it was wrapped in tercios, which is uh, the old school way of storing tobacco wrapped in palm bark. Uh, as opposed to just sort of the normal sort of burlap covering. 
Uh, and then and he had this patina on it. It was really brown. And I'm thinking, well, it looks pretty old. And so I look at it. I'm trying to figure out the uh, the date according to the number code that, that that they gave me. And I can't figure out the date. So I asked Don Kiko. I was like, you know, what is this? He's like, oh, it's political bond. I was like, okay, well, I can see that. I mean, how old is it? And he looked. He says, oh, it's 1995. And when he said that, I just went ape shit. I was like, what? Like, you know, <laughs> time, this is this was twenty into twenty seventeen. Okay, this is the end of twenty seventeen. So this was twenty twenty two year old tobacco at the time. Yeah, I was gonna say you're talking yeah. twenty two, twenty three year old tobacco yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, well, we have to use this. And he's looking at me like, you know, I have two heads. Like, cause he's thinking, what are we gonna do with one bale of tobacco? Like, you know, a, a brand as big as Cohiba. Yeah, and uh, you know, he doesn't know anything about the. the and immediately, I'm thinking this could be, you know, the sort of you know, the starting point of this ghost cigar yeah, that this, we were talking about. This is the ultra rare ghost yeah. right here. Which he, which he doesn't know anything about that. It doesn't even matter. So, and I didn't have that. I didn't even, you know, tee that up with him, you know, too much. I just kind of, you know, he, he saw I was kind of giddy about it. And he thought it was, it was cute. You know, this little boutique cigar guy wants to use his one bale of tobacco. How nice, right? Yeah. Uh, and that was, you know, no big deal. So we get back to the factory later that day. And, and uh, I bring this up to Jonas Diaz, who is, He's the master blender for the entire company, right? I mean, he uh, and he doesn't necessarily put his hands to a lot of stuff anymore. He really kind of uh, oversees factory operations, but he's forgotten more about tobacco than I ever know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I teed up with him and Yuri Guillen, who's uh, the lead blender for La Gloria Cubana. And those are like the, the main sort of uh, cigar blenders in, in, in the DR. Uh, so, you know, and they're, 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 they're cigar guys. And, and Jonas has, you know, Jonas had worked on you know, some small obscure project like that probably in decades. And, and, and I kind of told him about, told him about the tobacco and sort of the same thing. Yeah, great. But what are you, what are you thinking? Then I told him about this concept that we had in Richmond. And when I told them, they went crazy. They're like, you know what, let's do it. Like they, they got behind it and, and, and collaboratively, you know, they started making, making calls to other parts of the world, literally finding these other little caches of tobacco that we had. So, uh, so it started with the political bond from 1995, but we ended up with, uh, two years of La Entrada de Copeo, which is a Honduran tobacco that we'd stopped growing. It's a farm up near the Guatemalan border. Uh, we hadn't grown that in a few years, so we used that. Uh, we had some uh, Esteli Nicaraguan tobacco, which was Sherry Barrel Age, uh, a couple of years of that. So it just started this this, this sort of you know honeypot of just kind of finding all these different tobaccos. And, uh, and I'll fly back and forth while you know we put together different blends, and I'll fly back and forth, you know, tasting and and um, you know, and, and, and offering feedback or let's try this. And, 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 uh, but you know, primarily it was led by Jonas. That's um, awesome. You know, it was amazing because, uh, he, he's at a level where, again, where he doesn't necessarily put his hands directly to anything anymore, but, uh, he kind of, you know, took, uh, took it, you know, you know, you know, he was passionate about it. And, and, and uh, and, um, I remember it was before the 2018 IPCPR, I mean, like literally five days before I had to fly down to, uh, before we shipped the cigars out, I had to, had to do the final uh, QC check of um, of uh, the Spectre, the 2018 Spectre. And I mean, because because even when we were blending it, there were certain things that we that, that that we didn't know exactly how was going to age up once it's tobacco married. Like how pronounced is the sherry going to be? Is it going to be overpowering? Um, you know, how's the cedar aging going to be? Which which you know, once the cigars are done and. And, and under, under normal circumstances, they were just, you know, kind of going to a wheel, then into a box and out. But once they were done during a normal process, we buried them in, in cedar shavings. Uh, so they spent an, an additional, you know, couple months, you know, sort of taking on whatever characteristics it's going to take on from being buried in cedar. Yeah. Uh, that, so, so we didn't know exactly what it was going to be until like five or six days before the show. So, I mean, I flew down there, you know, uh, quick overnight just to do the, the, the final check on it and i was just blown away and and, and thank goodness everybody else was as well because the 2018 specter was was uh was a killer and, and as was the 2019 specter which was a totally different blend so so now we do this uh we've you know three years in a row now we've uh we've you know, kind of done this unicorn project of just finding these rare tobaccos that we have and, and putting this uh this project together and uh I got to tell you, it gets tougher and tougher every year. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would imagine so. Uh, yeah, You're only going to uh, find so much rare tobacco just lying yeah, around like yeah. that. Yeah. It's not even so much that. It's 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 uh, we we have enough. Like I, I like literally, I was having a, uh, a Skype meeting with uh, our international tobacco guy, and I found out about something we have, and I won't say say what it is, but yeah, uh, we have. <laughs> who are enough. we going to tell? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Uh, so so that, that's one of the issues, and that's the fun part. But uh, honestly, the hardest part uh, for us now has gotten to be the packaging, man. Like, like shit, it's like, you know, we can't keep out, outdoing ourselves every year as far as the packaging. Uh, uh, it's not, it's, it, that is not an easy thing to, because we want it to be kind of different and out there a little bit. But at some point, it's like, it gets to be expensive. Uh, and, and, and for that, we use it. You know, there's an outside team that we use for it, which is okay uh, for what the project is. But still, it's like at some point, it's like, okay, okay, you know, do we keep trying or do we kind of let it rest for a little bit and then come back to it? So, so we're on the fence as to whether or not we're going to do it for 2021. Um, but 2020 is done and, and, uh, and we're, 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 you know, buttoning up some things as it relates to the packaging for it and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been an interesting project, man. A lot of fun, but it's, 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 it's a lot of work, especially for a couple of hundred boxes, which is all we make. Well, that's what I was going to ask is, so like you said, you found a bale of this, of this, uh, tobacco for the first one, the 2018, how many cigars does that produce? Like, I mean, I know, Uh, we're I know we're talking that this is a rare cigar, but like, yeah, it, how rare are we actually talking here? Le- less than four thousand cigars. We made three hundred eighty wow. boxes. Wow. Yeah. 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 So no, it's so yeah, it's it's a rare cigar then. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's go over some of the 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 products under the Cohiba umbrella because you know I think a lot of times when people hear you know I'm smoking a Cohiba, it's it's almost like for lack of a better like Q-tip or Kleenex, it's just kind of synonymous and so. But but it's obvious you guys have different sub brands underneath the Cohiba umbrella. Can we can we get into that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you're smoking the uh, the OG, so to speak, as far as the domestically available Cohiba, the original Red Dot, um, and, and it's just up and uh, up until uh, recently here that that we actually officially internally call it that. I mean, before it was just the Cameroon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the first cigar to introduce the Red Dot logo. Uh, so. So now with the change in the new packaging, and I'm not sure if you guys have the new packaging or the older packaging, but the new packaging, uh, the band is red and black. That's what uh, we've got with the two, two red bands and the black band in the middle there. Yes. And, yes. and so on the box, it actually says red dot. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So this that, that's this the one actually, camera. it came to us through the My Monthly Cigars box. Gotcha. Yep, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So there's no, yeah, so guys don't see the box. So, yeah. So, so when the guys taste a cigar and like it and they go out to actually buy a box, uh, the box will have uh, have red dot written on it, which again, that's that's a new thing here within the last six or eight months as we've as we've reintroduced new packaging. But that's the original blend, the original Cameroon blend uh, with the um, uh, Indonesian binder, the Dominican filler, um, and, and and again, that's really representative of well, representative of two things. It's representative of uh, of Cameroon and it's representative of of Indonesia, which there's a little story behind that. So. Um, we like the Cameroon wrapper, yeah. the Cameroon wrapper. Uh, a lot of people just think instinctively that, that, you know, uh, all the tobacco around the planet comes from Cuban seeds. Uh, and it's not necessarily the case. And the original Cameroon wrapper developed by the Mirafield family uses Indonesian seeds. So believe it or not. So, so that Cameroon wrapper uh, genetically, uh, going back, you know, at this point forever eons ago started with, uh, Indonesian seeds. Um, so then, in addition to that, you have the Indonesian binder on that cigar, uh, and then you have the political bond filler. So, so that that's really representative of of the true authentic Cameroon profile. Uh, more representative of that than probably any other cigar on the planet. So that's kind of the, the, the space where it plays in. Like it or love it, not everybody likes Cameroon. Not yeah. everybody likes, Cameroon, and that's okay. But if you like Cameroon, if you like the the the, the 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 typical common characteristics of Cameroon wrapper. You, you there's no way you won't like that cigar. So that's what that cigar represents. Aside from that, then you got the Caliba Black, which uh, which is a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper grown here in the USA in the Connecticut River Valley, um, and it represents just that. You know the the, the best tobacco that that the USA has to offer. Um, uh, c- c- uh, Connecticut broadleaf is the second most expensive. Uh, commercially available wrapper on the planet. The first most expensive is Cameroon. Uh, so, so uh, Connecticut Broadleaf really represents again uh, the the best tobacco that USA has to offer, uh, and it's more of a, a classic Maduro, more medium, maybe a hair above black coffee, bitter chocolate, smoky, rich, sweet profile. Uh, then from there, you got the um, you know the Cohiba Nicaragua. 
which is more representative of, of just that. So the Nicaragua, Colorado screw wrap or Nicaragua binder filler. It was the first Cohiba to be made in Nicaragua. Um, more, uh, you know, a little bit fuller than the Cohiba black, kind of more upfront spice, a little savory, uh, sort of, um, you know, the sweetness comes to is more sort of a, of a, of a, of a, of a faint sort of cocoa profile to it, but more of that nice sort of upfront spicy, uh, um, a subtle spicy Nicaraguan profile. Then you got the blue with, which is, which is a classic Central American blend, Honduran wrapper, Honduran binder, Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican filler, medium body, classic sort of workhorse of a cigar. I call it the daily driver. Really great price point on it. Um, so it, it plays in a lot of different categories. Um, you got the Cuba, Connecticut. It's more representative of Ecuador. It's an Ecuadorian shade-grown wrapper. Uh, but there's a lot going on with that for Connecticut Shade. You're talking six different leaves from five different countries. I Rappers. just I just had one of those last week, and it was incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so you got the, uh, the uh, Los Rios region, shade-grown, Ecuadorian wrapper, San Andreas binder. Filler, you have Brazilian Matafina, Lijero from the Lava Valley, Nicaragua, uh, Aurora Dominicana, and Pelota Cabana, of course. So you got six different leaves from five different countries that make up that cigar. Oh, we got the Matazar, which is a totally different animal. It's a risotto wrapper um, that goes through little extra Asian processing, rare wine barrels, with some type of Cameroon binder, Nicaragua Dominican filler. It's more of a, it, it, it's more distinct cigar. Like, 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 I'm not big as far as red wines with cigars, but if there's one in our portfolio that I like a nice, uh, uh, bold red wine, big legs, fat grapes. Um, the, the, that's what I, I, I could do and really enjoy the Macazar. It's kind of a different different animal in that regard. Uh, and then we got the Royale, which is the newest release, of course. Uh, and it's the first Cohiba to be made in Honduras at our factory there, which is actually the largest uh, general cigar factory. It's the largest cigar factory in the world, actually. Um, and we make the uh, Royale there. And this is decidedly more uh, a full-body, um, um, kind of in-your-face profile for you know, in the ultra premium space, you know, normally when you get north of twenty twenty five dollars on a cigar, they're going to be more medium body because you want to you want to cast as big a net as possible. But this one is a bolder cigar; it's unapologetically bold. Um, Lapa Valley, um, Nicaraguan wrapper, uh, binders, political bono, and apparently have more Jalapa Valley tobacco and some other uh, Nicaraguan uh, fillers as well, and Honduran tobacco. So it's a it's a, 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 a classic. Um, uh, bolder chocolatey um uh nicaragua profile so so we got stuff that sort of represents a, 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 you know the best growing regions in the world a bunch of different profiles and palettes um you know without being a pink elephant like you know this so you know this political bond is going to be in every coliba that we make that's sort of a signature leaf asian tercios cameroon is pretty prevalent throughout the uh, uh brand and, and most of the cigars that's kind of a part of, of what we do but the big thing since I've been on board is just kind of expanding the profile a little bit more um, um, to, to sort of highlight what we can do uh, out of Nicaragua uh, and Honduras, which which is a different sort of uh, approach to cigar making than, say, the DR is, you know. So uh, so I think we got a, a nice sort of wide, uh, wide enough, you know, not, you know, so much that a retailer can't absorb it, but, you know, a, a varied enough profile. Uh, I think to to you know if, if somebody is interested in trying uh, Cohiba, we certainly have something I think that will appeal to them. You know, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, Jeff, let's take a break and talk about the cigar for a moment. What are you getting on your cigar? I was gonna say we're down uh, to the midway or a little further, and it's just a really good cigar. Like um, Sean talked about, the uh, creaminess is there. I get that floral. I'm still getting that. I got that on the initial uh, cold draw and the cold retro. Um, I did do, and we didn't get into this earlier, but I did do a uh, retrohale when we were first talking about the cigar, and it was very smooth retrohale. <laughs> it is a smooth vet. I just took too much smoke. Um, it, it is very a, smooth as he coughs up. A yeah, lung. exactly. <laughs> oh, trust me, I've coughed up a lung before. That was nothing. Yeah, so. Nick, Nick is a little timid <laughs> on the retro hails, but I'm, I'm a little further <laughs> in than him on that. There is a little bit of uh, peppery spice to the retro hail now coming through uh, at the halfway point, but it's still not it, a lot. But it's still but a mild retro hail. It this is. This is just it, a good complex cigar. Yeah, and and the 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 nuttiness is is obviously still present. There is that sweetness from the Cameroon. So well, and I've been oh, chomping a, at the bit to smoke this because I just had, like I mentioned earlier, 
that uh, Cohiba, Connecticut the other day, and it was incredible. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think we got that cigar in the Kansas City. I'm uh, pretty sure we did because I had yeah, one too. Yeah, it was in the and Kansas City for you and I to both festival. have one. It yeah. Was, yeah, that's probably where it came yeah, from. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And that was a just an incredible cigar, but I didn't know the backstory of the amount of different tobaccos that went into it. It it brings a lot more to the cigar now having had it hearing what all goes into the production of that cigar and how many different tobaccos are included. Sean, are you smoking the Red Dot or what are you smoking? I'm actually smoking the Connecticut. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. Well, yeah. So, so okay. So Jeff just gave his thoughts on the Connecticut and, and you've talked a little bit, but like, you know, just as you're smoking it, what are your, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Um, well, I mean, I've, 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 been spo- I've smoked a whole <laughs> lot of them. <laughs> I so, smoked it at every at every stage. I smoked it before we changed the wrapper. So, uh, Sophie, so, so, in, in creating the cigar it was uh, this is uh, it's, it's fun. It's much fun as Spectre is overall. I think the Connecticut so far has been my most rewarding project that that, that I've done with the company, just because of what we were trying to do with it and what we accomplished. Well, um, after smoking one, you guys should be proud of that stick. It's a good cigar. Well, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's tr- Connecticut's are tricky, man. I mean, um, avid smokers. When you talk to most guys, oh, I'm a, I like full body. I like full body. Most guys say that, but 65 percent of what sells on the market is, is mild medium cigars. Yeah. Right? Whether people yeah. know it or admit it or whatever, um, a la Macanudo, which is which is a general cigar brand, and it's far and above the biggest cigar brand on the planet. And for the most part, I mean, you know, things have changed here over the last few years, obviously, uh, as far as moving, moving the boulder profiles. But for the most part, it's 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 in that mild category. And you look at Davidoff, it's a, it's a, it's a, overall the catalog is a mild catalog. Um, and that's definitely so for, my wheelhouse. I I come yeah. at cigars from a much milder palate. Nick likes a little more medium to full body cigar. But, uh, you know, for for my money, it was hard to beat that Connecticut. And this red dot is just incredible. The the creaminess. Um, which is what I like about the Connecticut's. And, you know, you can run into that little harsh, bitter taste with the mm-hmm. Connecticut's now and then. Yeah. But I didn't yeah. get any yeah. of that on the Cohiba Connecticut. And well, with this, you. oh, yeah, absolutely. And with this cigar, like I said, that floral that I'm getting and picking up is just, it, like I said, there's a lot of complexity to it. And you're getting a lot on the retro hail. You're just getting a lot on the smoke. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's what we're going for. We didn't, we, you know, we wanted, uh, we wanted something that had a little bit more body um, than, a, than 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 a normal Connecticut, and, and that's all. One of the reasons we actually had to had to switch up the wrapper. We, we were going for a, a U.S. Uh, shade grown Connecticut, authentic shade grown Connecticut, uh, but it just didn't stand up to everything that we had, you know, under the hood, so to speak, with the with the San Andreas tobacco, the Ligero from Jalapa Valley, and the Brazilian Matafina. Uh, it was just really kind of overpowering. What we're trying to do with the uh, with the blend, and we want to have some, some you know, that, that 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 sort of creamy, buttery, buttery profile represented well throughout the cigar with uh, with you know the body as well. So, um, so so we had a, a you know that, that that one that one took a little bit of work, man. It took a little bit of work. Well, it was um, worth but, it. Thank you, thank definitely. You. So, um, I want to touch on um, obviously the state of the world right now. Everybody is you know it's all COVID all the time. And one of the concerns that I know um, in the cigar industry that everybody's talking about is kind of supply chain. You know, what's everything going to be looking like coming forward? You know, are there going to be any sort of shortages? Obviously, you know, talking to you with General, you guys are, you know, one of the, the largest cigar manufacturers in the world. So I don't, I don't anticipate massive um, supply chain issues maybe coming from you guys. But what kind of difficulties and 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 uh, issues have you guys run across with all this? And then in turn, where do you do you see? Because um, you interact with a lot of you know cigar shop owners and 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 um, stores and everything. As as the I know you hate the term brand ambassador, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's one of those things. How do you feel that this is all going to impact the cigar industry going forward? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't pretend to 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 be. Uh you know, an expert on, you know, um, you know, the macro, uh, economics of, of, you know, of, of our industry. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of where, where I'm at. I mean, I, I, I can tell you, um, you know, honestly, you know, we will probably have some supply issues, uh, on the backside of the year. Um, and it's hard not to, when all the factories were shut down, you know, yeah. I mean, yep. 
Uh, and even now, they're still not, you know, they're, 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 they're online to a degree, but, you know, to, to a, a smaller percentage than what they were, you know, a couple months ago. So we're going to feel that at some point. Exactly when, I don't know. Um, you know, but luckily, you know, we, 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 we are a larger company. Um, you know, we, we have resources. Um, you know, we, we, we'll fill the squeeze. Um, but for us, it's, it's a lot different than what some of the smaller companies are going to go through, to be honest. And my bigger concern, uh, the manufacturing side is obviously concerned, but my bigger concern is the retail side. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that that for the most part, you know, we get through this, you know, and, and kind of hold serve uh, with with our, you know, headcount as far as cigar shops. Um, but again, we kind of talked about it. You know, these are the smallest of small businesses, man. So exactly. Um, I mean, a lot of these guys are living paycheck. To, well, not even paycheck to paycheck, because a lot of the yeah, shop yeah. owners aren't necessarily getting paychecks. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you know yeah. they're living day to day in terms of uh, being able to yeah. keep. A lot going. of guys they, they live they live out of their shops uh, financially. Uh, so um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, it'll be hard for me to, to to think that we won't have some casualties as it relates to retailers. I'm just hoping it's not. As many as it could be, um, but as far as supply issues, uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to feel. I mean, I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to be crippling, um, but but certainly there'll be um, some supply issues. And uh, but with that being said, I don't know what the demand is going to be. You know, uh, on the other side as well. So that's true. It's weird. It's weird, man. It's no, weird. You know? That that's definitely true because I know we had Barry Stein from the Cigar Authority on our show, oh maybe a week or two back, and he was saying that. You know, his, and, and his theory is that when everything kind of opens up, for lack of a better term, you know, you're going to have a percentage of people that still aren't coming out in the world as much as they were beforehand, that they're still going to be kind of hanging out at home and kind of seeing how, and they're going to be, individuals are going to be a little slower to be coming out. And so it may be one of those things where the demand at the cigar shop maybe isn't as high and it'll it'll ramp up over the, you know, four to six months to get back to normal. And then in turn, that kind of gives you guys on the manufacturing side that four to six months to kind of get your house in order in terms of cigar um, supply chain catching so up, that yeah. you can catch up and to where maybe by the time the uh, consumer demand is back to where it was, you guys will be back to where you were in yeah, terms I mean, of being I, able to produce. It, it's, it's, it's almost, um, you know, from where, from where I see uh, things, I mean, I don't think we're going to uh, approach any degree of normalcy until probably next summer, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For other things, I mean, the 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 the, the trade show uh, is canceled this summer. Yeah, uh, uh, I would imagine uh, uh, Tobacco Plus, uh, which happens in the spring, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll be able to, uh, to 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 sort of still uh, you know have their convention. Um, I hope so because I really I was out at TPE this uh, past January and I really enjoyed it. And yeah. I was looking forward to PCA, but obviously, you know, that, that's as not, was hap- I. not yeah. happening this year. But yeah. you know, but yeah. yeah, but I hope I hope we can still get a TPE. In yeah, the, re- the rest of this year, man, is going to be uh, you know, um, you know, people just kind of obviously getting through this summer, which I think is going to be challenging. Uh, and then in the fall, hopefully, you know, kind of uh, patching things up, you know, licking wounds and dusting off things, and, and trying to you know get the ship right it, you know? Well, now, so then taking this more specific to your position, obviously as the brand ambassador, I'm assuming you do a lot of events and, and meet and greets and various things at, at shops all around the country, correct? Yep. Okay, so yep. so with that being said, some of the lounge owners and shop owners and stuff that I've spoken with, they're kind of wondering, going forward, I know a lot of brands have been embracing the Instagram live, the zoom chats, you know, things like that to connect with the consumers. And there, you know, some of the guys that I've spoken with have wondered if maybe this is going to change some of those meet and greets at the shops a little bit to where maybe you'll be doing maybe more of those instead of, of going out to the shops and everything. And I mean, do you think that's going to be the case or are you still planning on trying to ramp up a, uh, uh, an event schedule and everything again? And what, what what's that yeah, look so, like? Uh, I, th- I think it would be a combination of both. As terrible as the situation has been, um, there are some learnings uh, that, that we've got from it that I think we'll use, not just in our industry, I think, you know, just overall. I mean, you know, everybody's figuring out new ways to work and interact and be productive. And, uh, and I don't think we're any different. And I've certainly uh, 
going to continue. I, I see a lot of value. I mean, I, I have a, a, a virtual cigar dinner uh, this Thursday that's happening in three different cities with, you know, three different retailers and three different research locations and, uh, uh, via Zoom, which, you know, you know, three months ago, we would have never thought about that. You know? yeah. So there's ways of interacting and, um, and I'll continue to do uh, virtual engagements. But uh, still, we're going to get to the point where we're going to do uh, in-person engagements, hopefully sooner rather than later. But I think initially, for me, what would probably make sense, you can't smoke a cigar with a mask on, right? So Exactly. Some, um, um, you know, really trying to position events so that we can do them outside uh, with a little bit more space and a little bit more air. You know, and I think that's going to make sense as far as, you know, the, 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 you know, the events that, that that's going to have more head counts, what you want. Other than that, um, I, I think a, a lot of what, I, what, what I'm going to do is going to be in, in, in with Cohiba. You know, I, I, you know, luckily I have a you know maybe a little bit more of an ability to do that more sort of smaller ticketed things and, and whatnot. Maybe dinners or um, just keeping the uh, the headcount low for things that that are you know indoors until you know something happens from a science and medical standpoint that 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 we can mitigate some of this stuff uh, um, or you know, you know until you know areas start to open up a little bit more. So we're going to sort of follow with the, with the local guidance as it relates to that. And certainly with, with, you know, the science is about that. Uh, well, but. I'm glad to hear that you're looking at doing the local events and things because I really enjoy those. And as much as I like getting on a Herf call or a zoom call, you know, yeah, with, with other cigar smokers, it's, it's not, just not, not the, same. the same. Yeah. It's not, it's not the same. No. Yeah. And, and yeah. I actually think, you know, for the brand itself, you know, it's one of those things where, Pressing the flesh just counts for so much more than than oh hey you you know it's one of those things guy nobody's gonna say oh I met Sean Williams when they did a a, her, a Zoom call with you but if the if they're in the shop and they get a selfie or something like that then they're gonna be like hey I met this guy you know that kind of thing and it it just counts for so much more the in person um, oh absolutely environment yeah and, and well, I you got to figure out how, how how to test your consumer right so I do this thing uh, uh, every Friday night it's Nightcap with Cohiba where uh, it's centered around, you know, things that connect us, you know, cigars and other big thing that connects people across all races, religion, politics or whatever is, is music. So so I, I, I do uh, it's cigars and music and, you know, people, you know, you get on with me and, uh, and most of the time people smoke Cohibas. But, you know, sometimes they're smoking other things. They don't have Cohiba. You know, we drink. We got to talk about what you're drinking and smoking. And I have these different little interesting connections for a certain music theme that night. But in that, uh, what I've been able to do recently is, uh, is I'll do these sort of questions, you know, uh, you know, and I just actually just moved it to Zoom. I started on Facebook Live, and they kept cutting the music for copyright issues. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. you'll hear, you'll yeah. have that. So, yeah, so I went to Zoom now, which is great because everybody, I can see people, we're talking back and forth, and I have throw these questions out, and the guys, and so I had three winners from from the thing Friday night. So, so each of the winners, I literally before I got you know got on with you guys, I ran to the to the to, to the post office and I shipped the winners a cutter and a lighter directly from me, you know. So that's not the same as getting a selfie or getting whatever, but you know we're interacting online and, and then there's some there's some follow up to that uh, based on our interaction uh, that 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 a lot of people will get and whether you want it or not, you kind of know you're a part of it. You know? Definitely. So, well, you, and you do you can, do what you, you can know? when you can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so uh, speaking to that event, so is that open to anybody? And if so, yeah, then yeah, I, yeah, I post it. I, I mean, it's, I post it on, I do it every Friday. It's a nightcap with Cohiba every Friday at 9 p.m. How, and, how can uh, people find out? Uh, like, where can people find you? Uh, social media um, uh, at Sean Williams underscore Cohiba on Instagram. And then, of course, my name on Facebook. And, uh, um, and I think Twitter, I'm at Sean Cohiba. I'm not even sure. Twitter is kind of like one of those things I don't, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't tweet either. Social, yeah, people follow me on social media. And they'll see the post, and then of course, Cohiba cigars. Uh, uh, you know, they post to their social media, so it's always out there. And I usually, you know, I, I got a, I have a lot going on this week. A uh, number of retail center uh, uh, virtual events, along with the cigar dinner, and then of course, I got the Friday night thing. So people who follow me on social media, they'll see it. And I've gotten to the point where there's like a nice little cool people who sort of look forward to it every Friday and they, and they pop on. So um, yeah, man, just just trying to. Yeah. Trying to stay engaged, man, and keep it as interesting as possible. No, that's not, not easy. You know? that, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, very cool. 
Well, as we're kind of wrapping up on the cigar here, I'm kind I'm of down, down to, to my nub. I was say down yeah. to the nub here. So, yeah. So final final thoughts on the cigar there, Jeff. Just a great stick. I yeah. mean, it really is. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a final retro hail here. I'm gonna give that a shot. <laughs> <laughs> he like the Gator retro. Yeah, a so lot. The Gator dry, the, the Gator dry retro. The, the Gator cold retro. That is that is the, the patented Gator, Gator cold, cold retro. retro. Tell your friends. Well, that was just a straight retro, though. Yeah, this you're... is a straight retro, and it is pepper. No, I was trying to remember the, the, the first thing. <laughs> yeah, this cigar is finishing <laughs> with pepper on the retro hail. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, woo. Yeah, it's. I'm still feeling it. <laughs> well, this did come to us from the May My Monthly Cigars box. And My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service where you can get cigars sent to your home every month. They come in a variety of size boxes. We get the Robusto box, which is four cigars for $30. They also have the uh, El Presidente box, which is eight cigars for $50, and it's two of everything that's in the uh, I like Robusto box. Them. Yeah, yeah. so it's good for if you're sharing, but in Jeff's case, hoarding. So, But anyway... Um, they also have their MSRP guarantee, which states that the uh, value of the cigars within the box is guaranteed to meet or exceed the price of the box. This it box definitely did this. Month. I would say this month. I mean, it was like a forty-eight dollar box that we got for thirty bucks. So, plus, I mean, plus a bonus stick from uh, Oliva. Exactly. Yep. So, um, so yeah, Lord. I mean, when you add that in, it's probably over fifty bucks. So, anyway, head on over to mymonthlycigars.com. You can sign up for the subscription service. Make sure you use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T, and that gets you free shipping on your first box, or it gets you 20% off any of the items in their online store. It also counts towards the uh, sticks for uh, Cigars for Warriors That's true. Right now. You and I are doing our uh, uh, weight loss challenge with My Monthly Cigars for oh. Cigars. Yeah, we've been losing weight for uh, uh, Cigars for Warriors, so for every pound that we lose, you know, My Monthly Cigars donate cigars to Cigars for Warriors, and we've been doing... Uh, uh, cigar drive for them as well and so we're asking our listeners go on to mymonthlycigars.com and you can buy cigars for the troops you can buy one cigar for five dollars five cigars for twenty dollars or 15 cigars for fifty dollars and if you use that offer code pulpit that gets you 20 percent off those cigars so you're even saving money on uh, sticks for the troops and doing something worthwhile precisely so and they are doing free shipping on everything in the store through the month of may to commemorate their anniversary and they're doing a bunch of giveaways as well so if you go over and sign up for their uh social media and their email newsletter you can uh get in on the giveaways throughout the month of may nice and then, uh, Jeff, we can be found at The Cigar Pulpit the socials. on Instagram, and we're also available on your page, which is at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. I've stepped up my presence on Instagram. You have? I have. I've, I've, I've embraced it. It's true. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you can reach out to us through CigarPulpit.com. The MySpace page is still unavailable. It, it, it's gone away. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's gone away. It's gone away. So, well, Sean, I really want to thank you for your time. Um, I, and I want to thank Dave, uh, Rivera through, uh, uh, Martinez cigars. Cause Dave was the, uh, guy who, who got us in touch and everything like that. And he, he kind of hooked this all up. So I really want to thank Dave good, for, good, for good, the introduction. Good, people, good, good, good group of guys. I haven't, haven't had a chance to sit sit down there in, uh, in Manhattan and burn a cigar with those guys for a while, but great group of guys, Martinez Cigars, absolutely. Uh, we go back a good way. So good, good, good people. Man. Fantastic good people. people. We've They actually sponsor our uh, weekly giveaway. We do giveaways on uh, Tuesdays, and so Martinez has been sponsoring our, our weekly giveaway. And actually, Mar- Martinez has partnered with us, and we're going to be uh, – we're working on the uh, the official Cigar Pulpit Cigars the Cigar That'll Pulpit be, uh, Series. Yeah, yeah, those will be coming out um, hopefully by like July, July-ish or yeah. so. Soon. Yeah, soon. So, but yeah, I guess it all depends on when they can get working up there uh, in New York City and everything. But yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. good people. Well, Sean, is there anything else for the good of the cause that you want to share with our listeners? Anything that they need to know about Cohiba or, or anything else that you've got going on? No, I mean, just, just be on the lookout. I mean, you know, I'm always uh, working on new stuff. Um, you know, we're always working on new stuff as a team and, uh, you know, continue to innovate. And uh, just, you know, anybody out there listening, don't hesitate to reach out and give us any feedback or suggestions or just, you know, um, you know, just, just just share any thoughts you have, man. And you know, let's, let's keep it collaborative. I mean, we're not making these cigars to smoke just for ourselves. So uh, so we take, uh, we take whatever you guys uh, 
have to say. Uh, we take it. We take it to heart, and we, uh, we 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 listen. So, well, keep up the good work, man. You guys are turning out quality cigars. Definitely, appreciate Definitely. it. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. You guys be safe out there, man. Hey, thank, thank you, you, too. you too. So that's Sean right. Williams and Jeff. Unless you have anything else. I'm good, brother. I'm, right. I'm I'm down to the nub on my stick. I'm still trying to get a last couple of puffs out of it, but <laughs> I, I hate to give this one up. This is a good cigar. Fantastic. Well, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Gator. Stay safe and stay smoky, everyone. <laughs>